Shut up and sit down. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the show. You are tuned into episode 97 of The Quiet Part Loud, and you're listening to Daryl. I'm the host of this thing, um, and it is it is great to be back. We are creeping in on episode 100. We are showing some real positive growth uh, over the past couple of weeks in terms of those of you who are coming back to listen, those of you who are first-time listeners. To all of you, we say thank you so, so much, because all we want to do is continue to persevere, bring you interesting content, something that's engaging. Uh, eventually, as I said, we're going to be bringing you guests and interviews, so we put another side to this debate. But we are continuing to try to improve week on week. We're nailing down our consistency. We're nailing down our our kind of the structure of the show, and that's always going to evolve. But um, but at least those of the of you that are coming back uh, week on week, you know what you're getting, and that's going to be some you know some. some kind of in-your-face opinions, uh, but when we bring guests on, it'll be really cool because we're going to have, obviously, another side to that conversation, and hopefully that's going to really create some pro- thought-provoking content because that's all we want to do. We want to get people thinking. We want to get people talking. In the times that we're in now, we need to be paying attention to things. We need to be discussing things. We can't be hiding behind, you know, a sort of tyrannical political correctness that's happening. We can't be hiding around a fear of not expressing ourselves or being a critical thinker. If you agree with somebody that, you know, nine times out of 10 would be your complete polar opposite, there's nothing wrong with admitting that you agree with someone's point of view or their policy or their argument. Just because it doesn't align with you on nine out of 10 things, perhaps they're right on that one thing and it's nothing for you to say you know what you're right so there's been some like the first thing that comes to mind is this betsy ross flag controversy i put controversy in air quotes controversy if you haven't heard about this or don't know what betsy ross is betsy ross was an original flag maker she actually made the first uh, American flag. It's called the Betsy Ross flag. It's the first American flag. It's the one with the circle and the, of stars that represents all the original colonies. And it really is a symbol of fighting the monarchy, right? It's fighting for independence. That's where the first American flag came from. It said, we're not part of Britain anymore. We're not part of England anymore. We're not part of that empire. We're going to stand up on our own and we're going to put something out that symbolizes that. And that's what the Betsy Ross flag was for. But now it's being used by people who are, in my opinion, sometimes mean well, but I think are just taking it, again, a little too far. And I'm all for equality. I'm all for protesting. I'm all for standing up for your rights. I think revolutions and marches and demonstrations and getting publicly actively involved is a beautiful thing. However... When you are virtue signaling to make a complaint or to try to draw attention attention to yourself by acting like the most hurt person in the room or the most woke person in the room or the most enlightened person in the room, what you're doing is you're effectively virtue signaling. You're effectively saying, hey, look at me. I'm the best of the bunch. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stand up to anything that I consider tyranny without actually looking at the whole entire the whole entire story Betsy Ross does not does not encapsulate racism does not encapsulate segregation because that was a symptom of the times does not align the Betsy Ross flag with all of the ills of that time it is in fact a symbol of unity. It is, in fact, a symbol of independence, self-sustaining experiment that is America. That's what it is. So for Colin Kaepernick and people like this to be get... And the worst about it, the worst thing about it, Nike, bending to it, saying, okay, okay, we'll get rid of it. You're right. We were insensitive. When... All they needed to, all they needed to do, was send our release of this shoe that features the Betsy Ross flag, 
as intended as a show of independence. It is a, it is a symbol of which we celebrate on the 4th of July. That's why we've released it. Shut the fuck up. But they can't because they got in bed with Colin Kaepernick. And if they're seen to be against the grain with his views and opinions of, you know, social justice and inclusion and, you know, segregation and, you know, all of this stuff, then Nike look like the villains automatically just by challenging it. Nike look like the villains. So everybody bends. Everybody bends. But without this experiment that they call America, you don't get last weekend's gay pride parade. It may have taken a long time to get there, but it got there. That's the experiment. You keep trying until you get it right. What they've done with this current administration is they've gone back a few decades. And they've got to do everything they can to redeem themselves. But the infighting that you see in the political party that is the Democrats is not something conducive with beating a man who solely runs the show. Whether or not you want to call him a dictator right now, that's only formality. In his mind, he already does. But with this infighting, you lose any chance of nuance. You lose any chance of sensible conversation or debate. In fact, you just bend. And you just say, okay, well, you can be, you can push us a little farther, right? You can push us a little farther along. Even though we, we don't agree with it because we put it there for a reason, but we can't speak about what that reason is. We'll just take it away. And now they've advised their retailers to pull those things off the shelves. Guess what that's going to do? Drive it up in value. You got a pair of Betsy Rosses? They're going for five grand on eBay, right? That's... Watch out for the bootleg, you know, watch out for the, for the limited edition Betsy Rosses, you know, that's what's going to happen. What also happens is you, you start to create extremes. When you become too progressive, you start to create extremes. And on the left, this is demonstrated this week most acutely by the attack on the, uh, the journalist Andy, now I don't know how to pronounce his last name correctly, so forgive me if I'm screwing it up. It is spelt N-G-O. And I know that, you know, when you've got, there's another last name, right? It's N-G-U-Y-E-N, and I think that's pronounced Gwien. So is this just pronounced Andy Go? I'm not entirely sure because I haven't heard it actually spoken. So apologies if I've gotten that wrong. But if you know this story, then you know the guy I'm talking about. You've seen the repercussions of what happened to him by Antifa. Now, if everybody remembers the Tiki Torch marches in Charleston last year, the year before, Antifa is a left version of that, right? They are the ultra progressive. They are the violent progressives. They are snuff out by force progressives. And they're a disgusting bunch of human beings. They're, they're effectively a terrorist organization that goes around inciting violence at peaceful protests or anything to do with a conservative agenda or anything that isn't as progressive as them. And if you take the masks off of these pussies, what you're going to find is a bunch of hipsters, a bunch of, you know, a bunch of soft around the belly types, you know? Because why not take your mask off? If you're so about the cause and you're not just a terrorist, why not take your mask off? Why not own up to the cause that you apparently support? Or do you just go, do you just like going around kicking and punching little Asian men in groups of 15? Because there was not one demonstration. And you saw these people with their blue hair and their raggedy beards and their shitty jeans and their crap. Like, just garbage, man. You know these people. You know the type. Loud as a motorbike when they're fucking behind the keyboard. Or when they're in a big group of people. But if you see them on their own, they're reserved little meek ones shriveled in the corner. Insecure. Loathsome. You know? That's who we're talking about here. And they gang up on this journalist. Do I agree with what this journalist writes? Well, I had a little look over his, his Twitter feed. And some of it I do. Some of it I don't. Just like everybody else I follow. I'm not a liberal or a conservative. I'm conservative about some things. I'm liberal about others. 
There's a lot of nuance and context that makes up a person. But to define him as a target and to see him center him out and abuse him, physically assault him in public, it's one of the most disgusting things I've seen in a while. Now, I know we've seen a lot of disgusting things in a while. We've seen, you know, a father and his daughter floating in the Rio Grande River trying to make it to America. But this is brutality. You know, this is brutality by a different, by a different type, by a different vice or mechanism, whatever you want to call it. That's what we're talking about here with Antifa. They're terrorists on the left. And they need to be called such and dealt with accordingly. You can't demonstrate and have Antifa come up to you and start beating the shit out of you. What is that? Inciting violence, calling people out, doxing people, right? And again, if you don't know what doxing is, it's giving out personally identifiable information about a person to the internet, spread through a community of people, right? Amplified for reach. So what it does is create a campaign of hate, a campaign of harassment that is really problematic. And I would go so far as to say that that incites violence and that deserves censorship. Terrorist group like this, you need wiping out. You need, get, you need them gone. This cannot be part of the discourse because while this is part of the discourse, it ruins the potential for any other part of the discourse to take place because we're worried about this person being assaulted by this mob and we don't actually get to the root of any of these issues that we actually want to talk about. So Antifa, garbage. They're as bad as the KKK in my opinion. They're a terrorist group. They're disgusting. And they're cowards. Because they can't even be bothered to show their face. Own up to it. If you're that tough. If you're that down for the cause. If you're that ride or die with Antifa and these causes that you so celebrate. Why not have the balls to take your mask off and debate somebody about it? Talk to somebody. Debate them. Argue the points like a civil human being. The problem is these are yellers. These are the people that once you beat their argument with common sense and fact, they scream. And when they can't beat you when they scream, they throw things at you or they hit things at they hit you with things. Or if that doesn't work, they come back with 10 of their friends and then they do it again. What gets worse after that is then they come looking for you in groups. And that's what Antifa is. So now you're educated on them. If you haven't seen this, check out Andy Goh's, again, it's NGO. Check out Andy Goh's Twitter page, just, you know, or Google him. You can see what these savages did to him. Um, it was disgusting. And that is not something that anybody can support or condone. And if you do, you're on the wrong side of history because this will be a distant memory sooner rather than later. I think while we're on it, it's probably good to stay in America and talk about the Congress people that are currently, or have been at least, uh, touring the detention centers, the concentration camps as they are, uh, down there on the border with Mexico. And people like AOC have been down there and Rashida Tlaib and, you know, a bunch of others have been down there. And they're reporting back the conditions that, you know, the New York Times is reporting and many other news outlets are reporting, which is not good. You know, it's babies taking care of babies. It's children who have been in the same clothes for 10 weeks. It's, you know, it's teenage mothers with breast milk crusted to their shirts. It's kids with piss and shit on their, on their trousers and not being able to, you know, it's 24 hours of lights. You know, there's no darkness. They're sleeping on floors. This is the reports that are coming back from these detention centers. And what's most appalling about this is the discovery of this Facebook group that uh, is kind of for members or employees of the um, CBP, which is the Customs uh, and Border Protection Agency, right? And it's a secret group or it's a closed group. And apparently there's about nine and a half thousand members in this. And apparently from the things that I'm reading, the number of total employees in the CBP currently is 20,000. But this Facebook group is made up of former employees and current employees, apparently. So anyways, they found this group and they looked at some of the, th 
the thread and some of the feeds uh, in there and some of the comments and whatnot. And they're calling for her, for, for people who are in these facilities to like throw burritos at these Congress people and like, you know, mistreat them and make sure they don't come back and, you know, stuff like this. Just like really disgusting, inflammatory language that's for what? Self-preservation? I mean, these camps are atrocious simply because they're not meant to be used this way. These are short-term detention centers, right? Three-day max stays, and these kids are there 10 weeks in some cases. What are we talking about? This is a humanitarian aid issue, or humanitarian issue. This is a, this is a violation of these people's rights as human beings on this fucking planet, in my opinion. And the fact that you've got this group out there on this toxic social media, putting this toxic information out that's not true about, you know, these people, these Congress people's point of view, but also inciting this kind of behavior from their current employees is disgusting. What are we talking about here? You know, I think it was in Colorado. The Jewish community came out after all this concentration camp nonsense got inflamed by the by again by the idiots that bend to the Israeli government and their propaganda machine and if you don't think there's a propaganda machine you need to look at the documentary which is called oh fuck it's called war ah scratch it I'm not even going to try there is a documentary there it's oh it's going to kill me it's going to kill me um, I will get you the name for sure, and I'll tweet it out um, of that documentary. But there is an absolute political uh, machine of influence that is there from the Israeli government through the Jewish community in America to influence things like when any time you say anything regarding the Jewish state, the Holocaust, whatever, <coughs> you are to be branded an anti-Semite. You are, you are not a friend of the Jewish community, right? That's not inclusive because when this concentration camp nonsense came out and they're like, don't call it concentration camps, don't call it that, you, you know, you're, you're, you're diminishing the Holocaust, that sort of thing, just, just ridiculous garbage. About 150, was it 150 or 200 uh, Jewish people in, I think it was Portland, uh, they went up to an ICE facility, they locked arms, and they wouldn't let them in. They were trying to take supplies to the children, really getting involved, and created a human chain. I don't have the current status of it this evening, but um, I'm sure we'll report back on it. But this is the kind of thing I'm talking about. This solidarity. This is the fact that everybody knows this is incorrect to do. Yet it continues. It continues because apparently one of the detention centers that was worse, uh, the was worst case was in Texas, Clifton or something. I think the New York Times reported on this. And these kids, after the report came out, were moved out. But then a whole bunch of them were like moved back in as soon as the cameras went away. So the the whole the whole procedure, this whole policy is fucked. It's absolutely on its ass. And unless they figure a way of dealing with this properly, it's going to continue. And now the UN want to get involved. The United Nations comes into America to, to help ease a humanitarian crisis? Think about that. So we don't need the Facebook groups where they're saying throw a taco at her or throw a burrito at her or whatever. The fact that she's had to argue to go and talk to some of these kids. It's just ridiculous. So I hope this ends because this should not be happening in America in 2019. Now, let's move back to England. Let's move back to the UK. Let's get back on home soil, baby. I know we're talking America. Yes, the American team beat the women's team last night in the Women's World Cup. <clears throat> Pardon me. That sucks, I guess. 
I know we're supposed to support it. I don't like men's football. I'm not going to watch women's football. And that's no disrespect to women in terms of their athletic ability. I'm just not interested in watching that sport. So it's not that I don't want them to do, to do good. Of course, if, you know, England beat America, I'd be like, yeah, that's fucking great. You know, it doesn't matter to me, but it's great. And then if they won the World Cup, I'd be like, yeah, that's great. It doesn't matter to me, but that's great. You know, that's about it. That's That's my enthusiasm for that game. So... There you go. Now you're up to date on English sport. <laughs> um, but we're back here now. And the first thing that we need to talk about is a, the fact that about a year ago, it was declared that medical marijuana would be available for patients that in certain conditions required it. And I'm talking about Billy Caldwell. And I'm talking about Alfie Dingley who are the two most notable names in this case, in this situation, they have intractable epilepsy, severe epileptic, uh, epilepsy. They have hundreds of epileptic fits at a time. It doesn't stop. They have to be admitted to the A&E, to the emergency room. They have to have steroid injections. They have to be on medication that makes them zombies. And then they figure out the CBD works, medical marijuana works, almost 100%. Is it infallible? No. Does it last forever? No. They got to switch it up. They got to try different things. They got to keep it moving. But based on the crisis and the public outcry and the coverage of these two boys, <coughs> the government acted or at least we thought they acted to expedite this process in terms of making medical marijuana available for those patients that absolutely needed it for medical reasons as a necessity. We're a year on and this has not happened. It is just as difficult to get a prescription for medical marijuana or CBD in this country. Families are still flying abroad and smuggling it in People are growing it themselves. People are going to the streets to buy it. And the government can't get off their ass simply to say, <clears throat> we need medical trials that facilitate the evidence that we know to be true. The rest of the world is past this, guys. Or a good chunk of the world is past it or getting past it. And we need to speed up. But the fact that private organizations are blocking products to do trials with is criminal. I'm not mincing my words. It's criminal. They should be forced to turn over these products to the government for testing and clinical trials now. Immediately. Effective immediately. It's not let's see what happens. Let's negotiate with them. It's you're doing it now. Or we're shutting your business down because you're unethical. These companies can export medical marijuana by the ton. England is the biggest exporter of medical grade cannabis in the world. I'll say it again. The UK is the biggest exporter of medical cannabis in the world. It surpassed Canada last year. Yet it's not available to these kids. It's not available to these citizens. What are you talking about? These private companies profit billions off of these companies, off, off of this export. And I don't have them the hand, goddammit, but I've talked about it in a very, very, very early show where I detailed it all. I went through Clear's manifesto for how we legalize this substance in the UK across the board. The revenue that would be derived from it, the industry that would be started from it, the lack of pressure it would put on our medical services, or health services. I detailed all of that. Go way back. You'll probably be shocked at how bad the podcast is back then. But have a look. Go back. And Amber Rudd, who's, you know, as recently as like a month ago, was in the, is again in air quotes, in the running to go for the Tory leadership. Her husband runs one of these companies that exports all this money or all this marijuana to other, other countries and profits from it. He's the CEO or the MD of, of one of these companies, 
not Purdue Farm. I don't want to say Purdue. That's the American company. It's another one. But the point is, we are past this. We are way past this. The people who think that marijuana is dangerous on the whole are the ones that haven't really tried it. We've had political candidates come out as recently as two weeks ago admitting they've done class A drugs. But they're not going to put pressure on these companies to release this product to have it clinically tested so the MPs can go, make it a law. Get these kids their medicine now. What are we waiting for? I seen Theresa May today answering Prime Minister's questions. She's not even the Prime Minister. She fucking resigned a month ago. She's just filling in until we can slot Bojo's dumb looking ass in there. I got her answering like uh, MP's questions or PM's questions, right? Somebody ask her about this so she can give a roundabout answer. How come nothing's been done yet? It was supposed to have been done already. We're past this. People who know are waiting for you to catch up. They're saying, what are you waiting for? We already know this helps our children. Go and watch the video. Go and watch. Go and talk to them. Be involved. Be a politician. Represent your constituency. Represent your electorate. Your citizenry. Do what's right. And speaking of doing what's right, it moves us on to one of the last things that I want to talk about today. And I can't actually believe we're like half an hour in. We're moving. I'm standing up today. It's a different thing. Okay. So the other thing that I wanted to talk about, which actually goes to standing up more, is the link. Actually, okay. So the way it started is this company released. Uh, who's the company? I can't remember the company, but <clears throat> they've released these billboards. Designed a cigarette package that say obesity causes cancer, right? Brilliant, in my opinion, because it does, one, for sure. But two, it needs to be called out as dangerous as it is. We've gone off it a little bit on this show. We've gone away from it a little bit on this show. We can bring it right back. We talk a lot about fitness and motivation and well-being and health and how you need to do the best for yourself and, you know... Be the champ in your life, right? Be the leading character in your movie. And when you deny the fact that there's a link directly between cancer and obesity, you're not living the best version of yourself. When you call out fat shaming in response to this ad campaign, you're you're self-loathing. You're not hitting, you're not, you're not listening. You're not listening. Obesity is not, calling, some, calling obesity a disease is not fat shaming fat people. It's giving them a wake up call, if anything. And I don't want to seem like one of those people because I'm not in the best shape. You know, I'll work out a lot, but there's plenty of people out there that are a lot fitter than me. But I know what a healthy lifestyle is and I know what working hard is. I know what focus, concentration, discipline, and consistency is. That's what I know for sure. I know if you practice those things with something that you love, success is guaranteed, save the exceptions to the rule. But you see these social advocates, right? We saw it on Good Morning months ago, right? When that fat model that was on Cosmo, when the editor of it came on to defend having that fat model on the cover of Cosmopolitan, talking about body positivity, self-awareness, confidence, there's none of that with those people. There's none of that when you ignore the fact that obesity is directly linked with cancer. More so than smoking with the top four killers now. So if you're fat and you smoke, double time, right? But now they're saying that being fat and the food you eat and the way you exercise and the way you live and the way you move is more important. It's more important. So I don't want to hear this thing about fat shaming. We used to have a joke back in the day, right? I used to be a waiter. I used to be a bartender. And people would come in and they'd order an extra large pizza and a Diet Coke. It's like, what? An extra large pizza and a Diet Coke. Throw some garlic bread on the start. 
little appetizer action, and you're good for a coronary straight after. But don't worry, you're washing it down with a diet version of poison, a softer version of, po of poison. And it always used to make us laugh. <coughs> it's like, do these jeans make my ass look fat? It's like, no, your ass makes the jeans look fat. Or your ass makes your ass look fat, you know? Obesity is a problem. You need to recognize that it's a problem. It's not about body positivity. It's about sloppiness and laziness. It's about diet. It's about consistency. It's about discipline. It's about recognizing that you do want to stay around or you don't want to stay around longer than you should. Because obesity will kill you. And while it's killing you, it'll give you a terrible terrible quality of life your bones will hurt your back will be sore you'll have diabetes hypertension you know things will go wrong things will fail you won't be able to eat the other foods that you that got you to the position that you are in now because you won't be able to handle them you'll have meltdowns you'll have you know insulin that you'll need at your disposal at any time it's not a good place to go so i applaud the point of this whole thing is I applaud this ad company for this ad campaign that they've done. I think it's long overdue. The ASA in this country have come out and said, <clears throat> they've come out and said uh, things that don't, what have they said? They said things that don't uh, contribute to body positivity or something like that or a positive body image are not allowed anymore, right? And they do things like this, uh, are you beach body ready? That advert from that Slimming World uh, company and things like that, right? And it's really, really confusing, right? Because it's like you have to you have to do things with like sensitivity or whatever. I don't fucking know. I'm not reading, I'm not going into it and reading it. But the point is you've never been able to call this out for what it is. And in today's world, it's even harder to call it out for what it is, right? If you call somebody, like if you question somebody about their lifestyle in terms of being severely obese, fuck man, you could go down and get done for bullying, especially if that was to happen like at work or something like that, right? But you can't even really have that conversation with your partner, let alone with like a normal regular person outside or a colleague at work. It's never been acceptable, right? But now they're like, it's fat shaming because there's body positivity. And that's just, that's just the wrong way to look at it. That's the wrong way to look at it. It's like saying smoking is okay because you like mint. And all you do is smoke menthols. It doesn't matter. You're still sucking out poison. And to that point, Nobody has a problem if somebody walks by somebody having a cigarette and goes, <coughs> oh, gross, disgusting, fucking horrible, horrible, horrible. Nobody says a thing. Nobody says a peep. Because we know what cigarettes do. And we've all kind of collectively said to, the, to, to ourselves, I guess, that that's gross. Although so many people still smoke, it's crazy, right? It's like, it's a dirty little thing, but give us a beer or something and everybody does it. You know, it's one of those. It's like, no, I don't, but. Nah, I don't smoke, but. When I'm drinking, I do. I'll have a couple, you know? And then you go out for drinks with that person, they just chain smoke. <laughs> it's crazy. But never mind. I, at, the point is, I think this is a great campaign. I think equating it to smoking, which we all know has, you know, Terrible, terrible health effects. We know that. I think associating the two is fantastic. And I think it should really hit home. I hope it does hit home. I hope more people get active. I hope more people put down the Cheetos, put down the cake, put down the cookies, and have a smoothie, or have a salad, or have some chicken, have some lean protein. There's plenty of stuff that you can cook that's healthy as fuck delicious food what i'm getting turned on to now is the vegetarian side of things and the fact that you can cook vegetarian and make it delicious my wife creates some absolute 
bomb dishes. It's just the ridiculous. And I'll say, you know, I, I won't watch her cook. She doesn't let me near near the kitchen unless it's Christmas or Thanksgiving. Because I can carve a turkey or unless we're barbecuing because I can grill some meat. Please believe that. But um, otherwise, the kitchen is hers and that's not a stereotypical thing. That's not a gender assignment thing. You know, fucking bullshit. She just likes to cook and she likes to be in there. She likes to watch TV and all the crap she watches and she does her thing and I let her do that. You know, let her kind of crack on and I don't invade her space as it were. Give her space. But she's, she just does these vegetarian dishes and a lot of them come from this cookbook <clears throat> from this guy. I can't remember his name. Uh, maybe I'll tweet it out. But uh, just like mac and cheese that's got no cheese in it. It's amazing. It's amazing. And, it's, and you're probably thinking like, fuck that disgusting shit. I'm telling you, you got to check it out. It's like comfort food. It's like vegetarian comfort food. Amazing. Anyways, that's enough of that. I think the, <clears throat> pardon me. I don't know why I got a raspy throat today. The pro the thing is, I agree with this campaign. I think it's fantastic. I, I think it should be supported that we need to address obesity for what it is, not as body positivity. That's the point. Don't buy this body positivity shit. Talk to a fat person. See if they're happy. See if they can reach down and touch the toes or go and run up the stairs. See if they can carry their groceries home fine. See if they can find some clothes that fit right. See if it's fun sitting on the toilet. See if they feel good when they're shoveling that food down their feet, down their face. I'm not trying to be ignorant towards fat people. I'm not. But you know it. You know it. And if you're listening to this and weight is an issue for you, it's a simple fix. It's not easy. Simple. Simple is the structure, right? Simple is the equation. One plus two equals three. That's simple. But the things contained in one and two... To equal three, they're not easy. So if you struggle with weight, struggle with motivation, struggle with, you know, getting started and taking the first step, that's all you have to do. That's all you have to do. You just have to take the first step. And the first step might be, I don't know, buying, buying a yoga mat on Amazon or signing up to the gym. That's step one. Take an action and say, I'll be accountable to that action. And then you're rolling. You're rolling very slowly, but when the thing arrives, whether it be your membership card to the gym and your fob, or you go down there and sign up and you receive that stuff, or the Amazon man comes and brings you your package, before it happens, have a plan of action. If it's your membership card, say I'm gonna go tomorrow. If it's your yoga mat, say I'm going to download a, or I'm going to search for a yoga video on YouTube, an instructional video for beginners on YouTube tomorrow. As soon as it arrives, whatever, tomorrow I'm doing it, right? Take it step by step because now the ball's rolling a little bit faster. Maybe you do three minutes of that YouTube video on yoga, right? Maybe you go down and do a five-minute walk on the treadmill, your first session at the gym. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because it's better than sitting on the sofa eating the shit that you've been eating and doing the shit that you've been doing and watching the crap that you've been watching. It's better than that. Then try to do it again the next day. We're talking about five minutes, guys. Five minutes. An hour is 4% of your day. Five minutes, it's fractional. It's nothing. It's a couple of commercials from a TV show. So if you can't make that commitment, then I question your resolve. I question your, your actual want to do this. Because I just laid out the first two steps for you. And they cost almost nothing. I mean, you don't even have to sign up to the gym. Fuck that route. Go down the home route. Get a yoga mat. Put a YouTube video on. You spent five quid, six quid on Amazon. Let's call it a tenner for your time. If you ain't got that, I don't know what to do. You can take smaller steps. You can go to the kitchen and throw all your junk food away and just keep the shit that's living. You know, like salad, lettuce, like vegetables and shit. If, there's, if it's wrapped in plastic, throw it out. You could do that. But then it's going to cost you because you're going to need to go to the grocery store because you're going to be hungry in five minutes from the work that you just spent throwing all that shit away. 
But come on, guys, we got to talk about obesity right. We got to talk about health and fitness and well being and living an active lifestyle. We got to let these things be known. We got to let people know what they are, how to do them. How, the f how, how, is, how is it done? They say if you do anything for three months, it becomes a habit, right? Is that what they say? I think that's what they say. You do anything for three months, it becomes a habit. In the fitness world, they say don't have two off days. Don't have two bad days in terms of eating. If you fuck up on a Friday night, make sure you're on it again Saturday. It's that kind of thing, right? It's 80-20 rule, basically. You can fuck around 20% of the time, but that other 80 better be bang tight. It better be dialed in. And if it is, then you'll be fine. And you'll make steady progress. Because <coughs> this is not about 12-week fixes. <coughs> Pardon me. This is not about 12-week fixes. This is not about crash diets. This is not about starving yourself or doing liquid diets and shit like that. This is about lifestyle change. That's how you get rid of the obesity problem. You introduce a healthier way to live, whether that be employers, you know, offering different benefits and different, you know, schemes through their business to help employees well-being and health and lifestyle, whether it's flexible working hours and things like that. But we have to get outside more, right? We have to get off our phones more. We have to get out in front of the TV more unless we're watching a YouTube video that's got a yoga instructor on it that's teaching us how to do yoga. Then we can sit there in front of the TV, right? We can do those things. But check your screen time. Have a look at that. Could you get away from that? I'm telling you, I got kicked off Facebook a few weeks ago and it's been great. And I don't miss it at all. Or any of the people on there. No offense to anybody that might be listening here, but I don't miss your updates. And you can get me on Instagram or Twitter, so don't. Just go over there. But like I've said before, Twitter's just as toxic, if not more toxic than Facebook. It is an argument platform. That is it, where nothing gets fixed or resolved. It is good for... You know, exposure for sure, but I don't see people growing that much on Twitter anymore. Anyways, I'll wrap this up in terms of the obesity thing, right? Because I think that's it. We just need to approach life differently. And there are varying degrees of that depending on where we find ourselves in this struggle. Mine is cut the beer out. Stop drinking so much beer. You haven't earned it. When you've earned it, you can have it. And that's a bit, it's a bit hard on myself because I go to the gym most days. I eat healthy most of the time. But still something inside me makes me feel a little bit guilty when I have those beers, you know, on a Wednesday evening or a Thursday evening or something like that. I don't know. Something just feels a bit off. But that's my struggle. And I'm in a different place. If you're just starting this out, if you're where I was four or five years ago in terms of my health and fitness life, and my journey, that transformation I was trying to go through, where I lost all that weight, put that muscle on, developed myself, got a new mindset, approached life differently. That was five years ago. Five years is a long time, guys. I've gotten married in that time. I bought a house in that time. I got another dog in that time. I've renovated my house in that time. I've had a couple of jobs in that time. I bought a car in that time. Things happen. Five years is a long time. This process is not about weeks or months. It's about years. And if you go into your transformation, if you're ready to make the first steps that I mentioned earlier, then you'll understand what the journey is. You have to look at this thing from a, real, from a realistic point of view. Because if you go into it, I hear people say, yeah, cool, I'll do that for a month or so. That'll get me ready for summer. Are you out of your fucking mind? Please don't insult me like that. <laughs> right? Don't insult the rest of us like that, that have worked for years to try to improve themselves. This is a long journey, guys. Long journey. So get ready for it. But I tell you what, man, it's worth it. It's worth it. Because once you get to a point, something in your head switches, right? It's like, oh, I'm never going back there. I'm never going back to the way I was. Which is why you have to be disciplined, but not militant. And that will adapt a lifestyle that you can adhere to. And if you do that, oh, the changes are everything. The changes are everything. You feel better, you look better, you smell better, you perform better. And I'm talking perform. 
you perform better. You're not achy and miserable all the time. You've got energy when you didn't have it before. You're nicer to people. You're calmer. Food tastes better. Things smell better. I'm telling you, it all changes. And I'm not trying to sell you the fountain of youth or a bill of goods that says everything will be all right because the last thing this journey is, is linear. It's not linear, guys. It doesn't go from point A to point B on a straight line. It's like a heartbeat. That's what it's like. You're in it and you're in the journey. You're in the struggle and you're in everything that comes with it. You're in the positives, you're in the negatives. You're going to wake up one day after working your ass off and you're going to weigh more than you did the, the day before. And you're going to feel like shit. After two weeks of doing this, you're going to be sore and you're going to be tired. And you're not going to feel like getting up. And you're going to feel like two weeks is enough, right? I've made a bit of an effort. And you're going to justify it to yourself. It's in those moments that cause those massive spikes that go the other way. So that you can smash through those plateaus. So you can reach new development heights. And when you see them, then you go, and you, you run with it. And that momentum carries you through. And it's going to carry you through the next low, which might be an injury. You might have a bit of a sore shoulder and need to take a couple of days off. But you're going to know where you've gotten to. You're going to be self-reflective. You're going to look at where you started. And you're going to say, fuck, look where I've come. In two weeks, look what I've done. Imagine if I keep it going for two months. And if you do, by the end of that eight weeks, you're going to be like, oh, people have seen it on me. And now people will start telling you that you look different. And that, that spike of adrenaline, when you get those endorphins running through, you're going to feel real good. And then you're going to go, Pew! and you're going to go to the next one right? There's one of those sayings. It's like in two weeks, you feel it. In two months, you see it. And then in, what is it? Like three months, everybody sees it, or other people see it. Six months, everybody sees it. One of those things, right? It's a development thing, but it's true. It's true. I didn't see people I worked with at this company. I left for about three months and I came back and jaws were on the floor. And that's what happens. So we need, to we need to treat obesity for what it is, but we also need to treat it with a solution. You can't just say it's bad and then keep, continue to have McDonald's on every corner in the world. You can't do that and have the cheapest items in the grocery sp store be the ones that are the worst for you. The subsidies are the wrong way around. The development of what we put on our high streets is the wrong way around while they exist. But this fast food shit, it's, you know, it is what it is. You can have some sometimes. I don't personally, but you can. <coughs> but we have an epidemic of, of bad habits. That's what it comes down to. And once we change those habits through knowledge, consistency, and all the other things that we've talked about, then, then we see the light. And we see how this life can actually be lived. And the energy it can be lived with. And how much more there is to this whole thing called life than what we previously understood because we lived our life through bad habits. And if anybody out there ever wants any advice on this or anybody wants to ever talk about it, man, hit me up on Twitter. I'm happy to talk about this sort of thing. So the last thing I was going to talk about today was, uh, was the UFC that's coming up this weekend, but I don't think I'm going to. I'm going to separate them. I might do another show. Um, so I'm going to sign off, guys, because I think we've had a pretty good show, and we're at that kind of 50-minute 50, 50 mark, and that's that's kind of where we want to be with these shows. So let me know how you think. If this podcast sounded different, I've been standing up the whole time, and we've done this off one take. I had to pause it earlier because I had to take a sip um, because I got a bit of a raspy throat, but... Other than that, it's like a, it's kind of a one take and I want to do that standing up. So I want to know if it tastes different or feels different or sounds different or whatever. Um, so yeah, hit us up on Twitter. But for the show, this is episode 97, right? You can get us on SoundCloud, you can get us on iTunes and you can get us on Spotify. And that's just search The Quiet Part Loud. We're the only one, 
All right. So if you want to hit us up on Twitter, it's at Quiet Part Loud. This show will be out on Thursday morning for you guys. And, uh, and, and I think that's it. So I think good show. Good show. Got a lot of stuff covered. Um, I hope you guys, you know, I hope you guys liked it. And I hope you come back next week to hear some more. Um, well, if I do a UFC breakdown, it'll actually be tonight. So there might be two shows out tomorrow. I got to see how the rest of the night goes. See if I can squeeze another hour and we'll see. We'll see. But that's it for this one. So episode 97 of The Quiet Part Loud. My name is Daryl. I've been the host of this thing. And until next week, guys, all the best.